When we look at statistics that yeah. say that the highest suicide rate on the planet yeah. both are Inuit yeah. youth, Stephen, I was rocked. I, I've always known that suicide has been a you know a prominent thing. I, I had you know close cousins of mine that that uh, killed themselves. Inuit have you know like, as you said between six and eleven times the national average. But when you break it down by age demographic, teenagers between seventeen to twenty-five year olds, forty times the national average. <sighs> Quite overwhelming to consider. 40 times? It's really quite a, a, a scary thing, really. Yeah. 15 times more likely to be abused sexually than any other teenager or, or young person their age in Canada. But it, it means that there's a lot of young people uh, now who have gone through uh, quite a difficult time. I was, I was molested by a man who uh, uh, was a mentor figure of mine. It, it completely rocked everything I, I, I stood on. I had close family members of mine who, um, who I knew were abused when they were younger and they became alcoholics. It was likely that I would journey down a similar road if I didn't find some form of healing. We're going after suicide and the reasons why young people contemplate suicide. Enough is enough. Enough what is a enough. powerful statement. Welcome back to the show. I'm so glad that you're here with us today. The topic of our program today is one that is so precious to my heart. For several years now, I've had the honor of traversing our beautiful nation from sea to sea. And about a decade ago, I had the privilege of journeying to the most northern parts of our nation, to various communities in Nunavut. And there I got to experience life with the Inuit peoples and get a taste of their culture. In Canada's Inuit, I countered some of the most authentic, hospitable, humble, kind, and beautiful people that I've ever met in my life. The Inuit of Canada truly are a national treasure. And I, I really hope every single one of you watching this program gets to travel to the most northern regions of our nation at some point in your life and experience these amazing people as well. One thing that has always deeply troubled me, though, is the alarmingly high suicide rate amongst our Inuit brothers and sisters, and this is actually the topic of our program today. Did you know that suicide rates among the Inuit are shockingly high at 6 to 11 times the Canadian average? Uh, I was stunned to learn this. Uh, in Nunavut, in particular, 27% of all deaths since 1999, all of them have been suicide. That's almost a third. That's huge. According to the website heretohelp.bc.ca, uh, suicide rates amongst Canada's Inuit are one of the highest in the world. And it's only been rising in recent years, especially amongst the youth. Not only is this alarming, but it's something that must be looked at. Here within our borders and among our own Inuit people, we have a segment of our population that's been under siege by the spirit of death. There's got to be a reason why, and there has to be a solution as well. There must be something that we can do to help. So we're going to talk about that today. Today on our program, we have with us an amazing young Inuit man, Stephen Carlton. Stephen is the father of two beautiful young children, and he and his wife, Becky, have devoted themselves to reaching out to vulnerable youth in Canada's northern communities. Stephen is the director of Arctic Missions with an association called BPEA, which was pioneered by Bill and Gwen Prankert. He has first and experience and tremendous insight about what is happening with the Inuit of Canada. I can't wait to introduce him to you, so let's not waste another moment. Let's get to it. Hey. 
Oh, so great to have you here with us. Thank have you. a seat. Well, thank you. Wow, what an honor. Thank you for getting on the plane, getting here to be with us today to talk about Really this. no problem because tomorrow morning I fly up to the Canadian Arctic where it will be very cold. <laughs> I'm happy to have some uh, warm moments with you before I go. Oh, it's all yeah. relative, right? <laughs> it, yeah, but not really because it's freezing up north. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, I am so grateful that you're here with us today. This is such an important conversation. You know, when we look at statistics that yeah. say that the highest suicide rate on the planet, yeah. I was rocked when I read that stat, is with our first, or with our Inuit yeah. youth. Stephen. Faitina, it's really quite a, quite a, a, a scary thing, really. Yeah. You know, and, and like the, the rates right now, Inuit have, you know, like, as you said, between 6 and 11 times the national average, but when you break it down by age demographic, uh, teenagers between 17 to 25-year-olds. Right. Uh, that's... They're the ones that are really getting Well, and it, it's in excess as... of 40 times the national average. <sighs> Like it just—it really becomes quite overwhelming to consider. Did you just say consider. 40 times? It's—it's it's significantly higher than the overall Inuit rates as, as in Nunavut, oh, you know. Man. Okay. So really, you know, you, you start to consider that there are a lot of Inuit people living up north, uh, going through really a, a, a difficult time, right. and um, that's really what burst. What, uh, as you described, the Arctic Hope Project, working with Bill and Gwen Prankard. Yeah, which we're going to talk about Absolutely. more kind of near the end of the show. Yeah. Um, before we get, we get too deep into this, though, which is, I want to go there, let's talk about you. Okay? Sure. So you are Inuit. I, I'm Inuit. Best, best of both worlds. Half <laughs> Inuit, half Scottish. Uh, Mum is from a community called Pangertung, okay. right on Baffin Island. Uh, there's no trees up there. Um, it's too cold <laughs> for trees to grow. And uh, Dad is from uh, the Toronto area. So... so What's your story? How did how did this issue capture your heart? Obviously, it affects your people. Yeah, I mean, I, um, I I've always known that suicide has been a you know a prominent thing, and even as a teenager, I, I had you know close cousins of mine that that uh, killed themselves, and and um, can't even imagine. Really, I mean, it, it uh, at 14 is when I met Jesus. I grew up in a Christian home, going to Sunday school, and, and at 14 I started asking serious questions about God. Are you real? If you're real, I'd like to know you. Yeah. Um, and uh, at 14 years, amazing questions, yeah. and it, it changed my world. Those those simple questions: God, are you real? And um, life was completely turned around. At 16 years old, I was I was molested by a man who uh, mm. uh, was a mentor figure of mine uh, at the church that my family was going to, and Sorry. and really, you know, that that was uh, it completely rocked everything I I, I stood on. And uh, my, my grades at high school dropped off, uh, my involvement at church dropped, I, I started getting into drinking and, and partied quite a bit. Um, do you feel like, I don't want to make this assumption, but sure. do you feel that that's a common story, that abuse is one of the reasons that... I, I don't it, want to make that assumption, I don't think that's a fair assumption mm -hmm. to make, but... Well, really, I think it, it's, it's a... It's almost a fair statement. You know, like the, the RCMP stats as of 2014 were, was that uh, Inuit teenagers between 11 and 17 were something like 15 times more likely to be abused sexually than any other teenager or, or young person their age in Canada. And, uh, and really, you know, what that translates to is that there's just a lot of broken people. And, and the tendency with broken people is that they in turn hurt other people as, as a byproduct if they don't right. find... Or they decide they want to hurt themselves. Exactly. And end it. Yeah. So, so what that means is that in many cases uh, there's a lot of teenagers who, who have uh, sustained some form of abuse, whether it be physical, sexual, uh, you know, emotional or, or what, 
but it, it means that there's a lot of young people uh, now, living right now, right. who have gone through uh, quite a difficult time. Now, you've had a couple defining moments, so obviously you had relatives yeah. that committed suicide. I can't believe you said multiple. Multiple, yeah. My gosh, but, but was it there, there were a couple stories in particular that sort of pushed you over the edge from, from just sort of observing and mm -hmm. having compassion to say, I'm actually going to give my time yeah. and my life to being a part of saving people. Yeah, I, I, had, I had close family members of mine who, um, who I knew were abused when they were younger, and they became alcoholics. And that's really what scared me, was that it was likely that I would journey down a similar road if I didn't find hmm. some form of healing. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's when I, I really turned to the Lord and I said, oh, look, I'll quit up all this drinking, I'll start following you again, and, and um, I'll give my life to you. And, you know, like, let, let's, let's do something here. And, and it was... Uh, then there's giving your life to the Lord, but then there's giving your life to a cause, yeah. which is what you've done with stepping into this role. With so that was 2014, and right. my wife and I were traveling with Bill at the time. We, we weren't uh, uh, on staff. Bill Prankert. Bill Prankert, yeah. that's right. Yeah, very... Bill. Bill, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, hope he doesn't fire me over that. But uh, we, were, we were just traveling with him at the time, and an uh, 11-year-old boy in a community called Cape Dorset, it's the southwestern part of Baffin Island, 11-year-old uh, boy committed suicide. 11-year-old boy. 11-year-old boy. And actually, we were in Port Perry at what the time. What would make an 11-year-old boy? Well, you really have to wonder. You know, and that was the youngest uh, suicide to date, and, and, and Bill just said, enough is enough, we need to come up with a solution. God is a big God, and we have Absolutely. to believe that He is powerful enough to, to stop suicide. And so, so that's, that's really where, where we started Arctic Hope, is that we're going after suicide, and the, the reasons why young people contemplate suicide. Right. Enough uh, is enough. Enough what is enough. What a powerful statement. Now, you were with us recently in Kingston. That's right. Right now, what we're going to do is we're going to throw to a clip where you were sharing some of your heart yeah. and about your work. And we actually even had a, some prayer uh, yeah. because that's a part of the solution, too. And so we're going to throw to that clip right now, and then we're going to be back to talk more with Stephen about this important issue for our nation. Well, uh, my name is Stephen Carlton. My wife and I have had the honor to serve under Bill Franker for the last three years. And it was three years ago this September that an 11-year-old boy in a community, Nunavut community called Cape Dorset, uh, had committed suicide. And then from then on, uh, our mandate has been to go after suicide among uh, Inuit, First Nation, and Métis peoples. Suicide is an awful thing. Uh, we had a 14-year-old girl when we first started Arctic Hope, uh, again three years ago. Uh, this 13-year-old girl had been uh, detained by the RCMP because of suicide attempts on her life were so severe. In one youth conference, in one service, this 14-year-old girl encountered the power of Holy Spirit, completely left all ideations for suicide, started spending time in the presence and the power of Holy Spirit, started getting, she gave her life to the Lord. Not only is she still alive, but she's graduated her first three years of high school. She's a full-time employee of the municipality. She's now considering what her options are for, for post-secondary. Uh, school afterwards. It's amazing what happens when Holy Spirit moves on people's lives. Just uh, just last year, uh, myself and a young man from uh, Edmonton, Alberta, went into Cross Lake, uh, Manitoba. Cross Lake is uh, the largest First Nation reserve in Manitoba, in the province of Manitoba. And at the time, there was uh, uh, upwards of 140 uh, teenagers that attempted suicide within a two-week period. It was unheard of. So 100 Huntley Street sent uh, myself and, and Travis to this one reserve. We wound up ministering to a 13-year-old boy who had something wrong with his stomach. And we prayed for his stomach. He got healed, radically healed, went to the health center, 
health center said there was a tumor in his body that they were trying to, you know, track and they were, they were quite concerned of. Tumor is gone. The, the, the nurses were, were completely, uh, you know, they, they're beside themselves. He came to our meeting that evening and we're having a youth service. 13-year-old boy said, um, you know, that, that was amazing. He immediately started manifesting a demon when he, when he came into the presence of the Lord. We prayed for him. The peace of God fell on him. And uh, one of the team members said, we feel that you need to forgive someone in your life. This 13-year-old boy said, uh, I, I can't. And so the, the, we prayed for the love of God to touch him. The Lord touched this boy. He said, I forgive my father. He said, 10 years ago, my father tried to kill me, my two siblings, and my mother while he was drunk. He said, I forgive him. I haven't said his name in 10 years. He said, he, he said his name out loud and said, I forgive my father. Immediately thereafter, this boy began to have heavenly visions of this of the, the church room began to prophesy over every one of his friends in this service it was phenomenal what the lord did with this boy the point is suicide is awful the devil doesn't play fair he goes after very vulnerable people and uh, what god does is he redeems and restores broken lives so we speak life over uh, the indigenous people of Canada right now. Lord, we pray that your power, that your life touch every reserve, every community in Jesus' name. That your name would be glorified across this nation, Lord. We speak life as your body filled with your spirit. Lord, we speak life over Canada in Jesus' name. Just in closing, I... Uh, uh, 2015, I was with Bill in, uh, in Edmonton, Alberta, and um, there in the worship service, uh, I had a vision, and the vision it was of revival breaking out in Nunavut. And I saw entire communities being transformed by the power of God. I saw alcoholism rates drop. I saw families being restored. I saw, you know, people who abused other people asking for forgiveness. It was powerful what God was, was showing me in this vision. God is on the move in this nation. God is doing incredible and mighty things. <clears throat> suicide rates, as Crystal was saying, suicide rates in Nunavut right now are the highest in, the, in, the, in, the, in this nation. What God is going to do will not only flip those, those, those suicide rates on their head, but they will beg the question, what has happened in Nunavut? What has happened with suicide? It is the redeeming power of God that is changing lives. Amen. Wow, Stephen, you are amazing. You are such a gift to our nation. And Thank you. My hope is that many more are raised up to do the type of, of work that you're, you're doing. So let's talk a little bit more about that. You're the director of Arctic Missions. Mm -hmm. What do you do exactly? You go into these communities. How, how do you make a difference? Yeah, it's really quite a, quite a question because, you know, you're, you're considering the plight of many kids who, who've gone through things quite awful and, and many of these these stories come from their homes or, or people that surround them. So how, how sensitive. do you, Oh, it's very sensitive. And how do you make a difference in those those very intimate settings? Without bringing shame. Yeah. Without yeah. So really, what we what we really try and do is create as many opportunities for these young people to experience God as possible. Mm. And. Um, and it, you know, to someone who doesn't understand who God is, that seems a little silly, but to people who understand the goodness of God mm -hmm. and what God can do in, in moments, I mean... 
if I could say something though, because somebody might be watching this and thinking, oh, that's just that like white yeah. religion again, trying to do this thing. One thing that I've noticed about the Inuit and, and actually the First yeah. Nations is that they see the world through a spiritual yeah. lens. It, there's no disconnect. So, so to, for you to come in with a spiritual solution yeah. is actually quite. It's it's kind of the DNA, well, right? It, and do, do you find that it's appropriate? You know, because I mean, yeah. really, there, there's um, notice that. I think generally speaking, you can say that that Aboriginal people in Canada have a, a, a spiritual so awareness. spiritually sensitive. And very spiritually sensitive, it's which amazing. is great when, when they yeah. encounter someone like Jesus. Right. Because Jesus is just amazing. And, 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 uh, and God comes in and heals their hearts. And, but also what it means is that they're also sensitive to the, the bad spirits. Right. And Let's talk about that. Because yeah. I, I heard you share a story yeah. that kids were actually hearing evil spirits speak to them that they were going to be the next one to commit suicide. Are, yeah, can you I, validate that? Absolutely. I mean, so it was last, um, last summer, 2016, we were in the community called Cape Dorset, same one I'm traveling to tomorrow. Okay. Um, we were hosting our, our leadership course um, where we just bring in small groups of teenagers and help them understand what trauma is and, and you know, how to move forward and who are the people in the community that they can turn to, you know, different things, practical things and having, you know, working out some of these very difficult issues. Right. And um, in the evening of one of these, one of these days, uh, one of the girls who was a part of our youth conference just that weekend uh, was at home and, and a demon showed up uh, an evil spirit, and told her <laughs> to take all of the pills in her mom's cupboard. And she did. She was home alone. And when you say a demon showed up, she said that it actually appeared to her? Right in front of her. She heard, oh. And she said that she was filled with fear, didn't know what to do, so she listened to it. Wow. And it was one of our girls who, who had given her life, her life to the Lord that weekend at our youth conference, who was a part of our leadership course throughout the week. Wow. She was sitting at home, and, and she heard someone in, a, a voice in her heart say, go check on your cousin. And she went and checked on her cousin, found her cousin unconscious on the floor, oh, wow. called the, uh, the health center, they pumped her stomach, saved her life. Wow. So, but what that tells us is both sides in the spirit realm are very active 100%. on this issue. And, yeah. and you're bringing the God factor to the situation. I, I kind of yeah. cut you off a bit there before no, you fully answered the question. So, so what exactly do you do when, when you go Yeah, so it's two-pronged. So we, we, we host a leadership, or I guess a youth conference. And we, again, we try and create as many opportunities for young people to experience God. And uh, when young people encounter God, it's just something special. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a lot of tears and a lot of snot. But really what that translates to is, is emotional healing. Yeah. And, um, and so we, we start with that and then we... Enjoy. We, oh, it's just... I've noticed that, like some of the events that I've been to, you see, you know, kids that'll come in and they look so heavy and yeah. depressed and then they literally are, can be transformed within a couple changed. of days. Amazing. Yeah, and it's just, you really start to appreciate what God does. See the fruit. Yeah. And so then we, we transition from a youth conference to a leadership course. And in that leadership course, we, uh, we, we sit down with, mm -hmm. again, small groups of young people. And uh, we just say, this is what trauma is. This is what abuse is. Oh, okay. And we try and help young people understand where some of their pain might be coming from. Right. Because oftentimes it's very confusing. Right. You know, why, why do I feel this way? Why am I of depressed? Course. You know, what happened to me? And if we help young people understand where that comes from, then at least we can start to move forward wow. in, in uh, alleviating some of that. And, uh, and you call it leadership training. So obviously your mindset yeah. is that, hey, we're going we're gonna to not only sa help save these kids from yeah. despair and suicide, but we want to raise them up to be future leaders. So this is the amazing thing, Faitine. We started in 2015. Uh -huh. um, and the, the first group of teenagers that we worked with, they were 13, 14, 15 years old, uh, really did amazing. They encountered the Lord. Many of them gave their hearts to the Lord and, and still going to church now. I was there just to do a follow-up course this last summer. And, and, uh, and one of the things that I noticed was that it was very difficult to meet with these teenagers. I, 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 uh, you know, I knew they knew where I was coming, wanted to have uh, some meetings with them. 
virtually invisible while I was there. Turned out that they were all full-time employees of the hamlet, of the, the municipality. Wow. And, uh, and you talk about you know, young people who really, wow. many of them had been abused before, many of them uh, had, had gone through some traumatic things. Uh, some time in the presence of God is, is something that is just, you can't... Set free, oh, healed, To the point where they're, they're emerging community leaders. The community leaders. Wow. So it's these types of things that we really consider to be a success. That is amazing. Okay, now our time is running out here. I feel like we could just go on and on. But uh, people that are watching, you know, I'm sure people's hearts are just being so touched by, yeah. by what you're sharing here. How can the average Canadian help? Well, Faitine, it's, it's a great question. Uh, and and I, I always tell uh, Christians as I travel with Bill mm -hmm. uh, that prayer is is something that you you can't place value on, and it means that that you know there there there's a force moving that is that is really helping people. So obviously Canadians need to pray. Okay. But secondly, um, yeah, I mean you can go to our website, you can follow what we're doing, right. uh, ArcticHopeProject.ca. And we're going to show a video clip here Absolutely. in just a minute. Um, so yeah, prayer is big, but mm -hmm. also you know just uh, you can send us an email and, and you know we, we take teams Let's up from time to time. Let's just say it's supporting financially. Well, <laughs> but it's also like we, we brought teams up from different churches in, in southern Ontario up to the Arctic to do children's uh, vac vacation Bible camps. We we uh, have a couple other initiatives where uh, people can come. It's not cheap getting up there, but yeah. really you, you see the fruit in, in yeah. when you when you get there. So so getting involved, yeah. boots on the ground, right, yeah. Stephen, yeah. for prime minister. That's, well, that's, that's I, how I want that's to end this job. segment. That's a very one. <laughs> <laughs> you are an amazing young man. Thank, Thank you. you for stepping up to these front lines. Thank you for giving your life uh, to help bring life. Thank you. And I am so excited to see uh, what happens with these young people that you've been impacting and are going to continue to impact. We got your back. We're going to keep talking about hey, this. I follow your lead, so you know, we're, we're in this together. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Thank you so much for being with us today. I just want to take a quick little moment to um, really to encourage you guys because there's so much to be encouraged about. Uh, this year, the beginning of uh, 2018, we saw in the National Post and in the CBC that suicide is on the decline in Nunavut. The statistics are in. And since the year 2014, when the Arctic Hope Project, consequently enough, uh, was, was launched, the suicide rates in Nunavut year by year have been declining. And in one community, Pangertung, where we, uh, we launched the Anana Project, we had our Arctic Hope Leadership Development Course and also a children's um, vacation Bible school. In the year 2017, there was not a single suicide in the entire year. And folks, get this, that happens to be the community that my family comes from that has not happened uh, since the year 2000. For 17 years, there's been at least one suicide in this community. And when the church rallies behind uh, a particular initiative in this community, not a single suicide. And I think that is direct evidence of what happens when God answers our prayer, but also when we call on God to move here on the so earth. So, Robert, what, what happened to your arm tonight, man? Um, you felt broken for so many months. Right. And just this one night, I went to church because was, there was service for people. Uh -huh. And I asked to be prayed for to, I don't know, to fix it somehow. Yeah. And it doesn't feel any pain anymore. 
Amazing. And so it was almost like it was almost like an, an instantaneous thing, almost like a miracle, hey. And uh, well, what 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 couldn't you do before that because it was too painful? I couldn't lift it. I wanted to stay in this position, and so I just want to just stay that way. <laughs> Can you move your arm around? Like, could you move around your your arm before, or couldn't move around before? I couldn't. It was weak. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't lift it. I couldn't. Now I can just smash it. <laughs> Catch a seal, harpoon, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, man, I, I think God healed your arm. I think He gave you a new arm, maybe, but certainly healed whatever was broken before. Bill's connection with Canada's Aboriginal peoples began in Bible College when he led a weekly ministry on the Alderville First Nations Reserve near Peterborough, Ontario. Though it wasn't evident at first, this relationship with First Nations and Inuit would prove to be a hallmark of the Prankards' ministry in the years to come. After revival broke out in Beechburg in 1972, Bill sought God's direction about future ministry and was directed to Psalm 72 verse 8, which became the Prankards' vision and mandate as they moved into full-time evangelism. Even while Bill and Gwen traveled sea to sea, the Lord began to impress upon them the need to reach the ends of the earth. So trying to fulfill the vision of reaching Canada, we're traveling from coast to coast, we're on television right across the nation. And it was in Winnipeg, Manitoba after a service that I went back to the hotel room. We had seen thousands of people's lives touched that night and I, I was pretty impressed. And God said, you haven't done what I've told you. I told you north. A pilot missionary from Northern Ontario had invited me to go with him. And he took me in his little pontoon plane. We flew to community after community. And I remember standing on the shores of James Bay in Fort Severn, the most northern point in Ontario, and thank God I've done it. And God said, North. Bill's first trips into Canada's Arctic took him to communities where the simple gospel and supernatural ministry were foreign. Inuit residents were suspicious at first, but seeing miracles firsthand showed them the reality of Jesus' healing power. Time and time again, people were touched and transformed by an encounter with Holy Spirit, which only strengthened the Prankards' resolve to continue going north. Hi, I'm Bill Prankard, and I want to talk to you about one of the greatest mission fields in the world. It's really right on our doorstep, Arctic Canada. If you've ever taken a look at the map of Canada, you'll notice so many little communities marked throughout the northern part of our country. What a privilege to have Stephen with us on the show today to share his heart and his insight. I hope you enjoyed it and that it really touched your heart as it did mine. I know that in Canada, so many of us live incredibly busy lives, right? As we seek to care for our loved ones and just simply make ends meet. Let's face it, something like the plight of our Inuit brothers and sisters can quickly become out of mind because it's out of sight in our personal day-to-day. -day. But I want to encourage each one of us not to forget Canada's most precious northern treasure, the Inuit people. Let's continue to sit at their feet whenever we're given an opportunity. Let's hear their stories and do what we can to help them with their battles. They are our brothers and sisters and their children are an important part 
part of our future. As we close today, I want to encourage you to meet with us online and continue this important conversation. Let's continue to pray for Canada's Inuit and to encourage our elected officials to prioritize policies that will be a help to them. Thank you again for watching today. Until next time, God bless you and God bless Canada. When you partner with us, not only are you partnering with a television show that is talking to Canadians about important issues from a unique perspective, but you are also partnering with national prayer initiatives, equipping events, assistance and outreaches to the poor, rescuing women from the sex trade, and child sponsorship in several third world nations. Thank you so much for your support. It really makes a difference.